When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, second hour of Play and Buck starts right now, and we were having a discussion that we can finish up here, I think, uh, and get back to some Biden business and maybe even mention that uh, the governor of New York has announced surveillance efforts in the state of New York by government employees to Collect data on hate online to try to counter it. That is uh, disconcerting. You don't usually want to hear about government monitoring of speech to make sure that they're there to counter the speech. It's not really the job of government, no matter what the speech in terms of the content may be. But uh, in New York, you have one of the least capable governors in the entire country in Kathy Hochul. And there she is saying that that's what they are doing. We also have um, some moments in the exchanges over the Israel-Hamas war, including Piers Morgan asking left-wing uh, British politician Jeremy Corbyn whether Hamas is a terror group. You'll want to hear how that goes down. And AOC demanding a ceasefire, of course. We're also going to have in the third hour um, uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, who uh, says he got elbowed. <laughs> By Kevin McCarthy in the back, right? I mean, am I saying this right? I mean, am I, am I getting the details right here? This is just coming in. Yes. We'll have him join us to talk about, wait, now we have congressmen literally throwing elbows, not not just metaphorically speaking. Uh, so we shall discuss that. But all right, so Clay got, you know, he, he wanted to finish up this discussion. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. There's two things in the world, uh, well, a few things in the world of entertainment that are catching people's attention. One is that the Snow White woke remake is looking like it's going to cost $300 million and is a total disaster, and they have delayed the release for a year. A $300 million movie, everybody, that is almost certainly going to be crap, right? I mean, it, I, I would put... Well, you've got more for me on this? No, no, no. I was just going to say, yes, that is that one is uh, the, the Disney thing. You mentioned the Marvels. Yes. I've got the data on that. Give me, the, uh, give me for, that data. From this article. Okay, so they have made... This is the 33rd superhero movie. 
And I bet I have seen, the Travis family has seen all 33 collectively, because my boys go see all these superhero movies. Uh, this one, though, Buck, is called The Marvels, and it's about a trio of female superheroes whose powers become entangled. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brie Larson, Tiona Paris, and Iman Vellani. Uh, it's a white woman, black woman, and like Asian woman. I mean, it is the most clearly, cloyingly diverse laden for purposes of diversity and not story movie that Marvel has made. It cost $300 million to make. It made $47 million in ticket sales this past weekend, the lowest ever opening for a Marvel release. Uh, this guy, who is a film consultant and ticket sales expert, uh, quoted here, says, This opening is an unprecedented Marvel box office collapse. Until now, The Incredible Hulk, which was released in 2008, was the studio's worst debut. It did almost double what the Marvels did. And, and I think so, that Incredible Hulk movie was leaked online, if I remember, before it actually hit the theaters. Do you remember? This is back when online yeah. piracy was this big oh, thing. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I watched that movie. I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said. Ed Norton <laughs> played the Incredible Hulk, right? Oh, Wasn't that was it? the Am Ed I... Norton one. I'm thinking of the Eric Bana one that came oh, out before maybe that. I screwed, that was maybe the one that I was screwed leaked. it up. I'm not sure which one it was. But the point on this is, to your building, Snow White is a disaster. Worst Pixar movie opening ever. And now they had to stop doing Star Wars movies because they got so woke, everybody was like, screw this. They just had the the funny South Park thing where Kathleen Kennedy, who is in charge of all these movies, got ridiculed. Uh, and they and <laughs> they did a diverse version of South Park where all of the South Park characters, many of whom are white, are replaced by like transgender women like in the in the South Park show which is really really a funny concept uh but that's basically what's going on this woke reinvention of popular film has now blown up in Disney's face well here's the thing if if your primary uh if your primary mission is to entertain pe- that entertain people that is challenging to do really well I mean, to write a good story and execute on it and, and have, yes. you know, otherwise there'd be nothing but successful TV shows. Most TV shows bomb. And what you don't even realize for, for most folks, I've been kind of involved in the very early stage of one or two projects in my life, like scripted TV shows. Um, most TV shows don't even get past or don't even get made into pilots, right? Or if they get made into a pilot, they don't get beyond the pilot phase. Or if they yeah. get beyond the pilot phase, they don't get picked up after season one. I mean, it's very difficult to get shows made. And yet, when you add on top of it a political mission, not just yeah. what is going to entertain the largest audience possible that we're seeking to entertain, when, when you decide that it's going to be what will make other executives at my company think that I'm a good person because, you know, I, I want to cast the most diverse version of, you know, fill, fill in the blank, whatever the show is going to be, you know, ever made. And the remakes also, another thing you see is there's a lot of, you know, why not? If you're going to make these diverse films or diverse movie, diverse movies, um, you would think that one way to do it would just be create something new. But there's this desire to always go back, I think, and make the diverse, like the Snow White thing is a perfect example. Make the yes. diverse version of Snow White. Um, and and so then that 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 then brings up um, this. Uh, I believe it's Antoine uh, Fuqua who is the director, 
uh, for the, uh, and he's done some good stuff. He did training day. I mean, he, he's a good director. I think this will be a good series. I think Denzel Washington is an ex, Denzel Washington is an excellent actor, a, a world class, like Clay said, top five. I would, I would co-sign that for his generation. Uh, he's an amazing, uh, actor. And I think he'll do an excellent job as Hannibal. The Hannibal story is absolutely incredible. He's one of the five greatest generals, I think you could argue, of all time, based on what he was able to do. And just going around in a hostile territory with an army and beating the greatest military power of of the time over and over again, until eventually Scipio Africanus comes and they have the Battle of Zama and he loses. But anyway, um, Clay, you have some people who are pointing out that there's I think there are different takes on this, right? Because I'm of the mind, and you, you said this too, that, you know, you, you don't have to be paralyzed to play a paralyzed character, right? Like, yes. let's not get crazy. You don't have to is, be fat to play a fat person. You this, don't have to be trans to play a trans person. Yes, that's there all have been There have been people who have said it is ableist to have an actor who, you know, is not paralyzed play a paralyzed person. It is make-believe, okay? So we we start from that premise. It is make-believe and it is entertainment. Um, The only thing that I would point out is... I do think it's worth people knowing, like, if, cause there, there will be a huge surge in interest in the second Punic War, I think. And, you know, you'll see more podcasts about it and more interest in it. Uh, and it's a fascinating period in ancient Roman history. You'll see a big surge of interest in Hannibal. And I think Hannibal Barca will become the most famous man of that name and not a serial killer who like eats people's faces or whatever. Cause that, you know, that, that has been. Thanks to Silence of the Lambs, people thought Hannibal yes. for a long time, and that's what they thought of instead of one of the greatest, uh, li- you know, Roman generals of all time. I'm sorry, not Roman generals, greatest generals of all time, obviously a Carthaginian general. But Denzel Washington is 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 black, and he's playing a he's playing someone a historical character who is, if you actually look at history, not black. Yeah, is that an issue? I don't think it's an issue, but I also think. That people should one know the correct. I think it's we all should be on the same page of what the correct history is. I don't think you should change the history to sort of suit anyone's uh, political goals one way or the other. And then beyond that, these need to be the rules then, right? And this yes. is the part of it that I, this is where I think it all falls down. Like I think if if somebody wanted to, uh, uh, you know, well, I mean, you even look at um, what's the show that ever, you know, you look at Hamilton, for example. Oh, I I, I think the Hamilton analogy. So there's a great line in. Uh, succession, there are many great lines, but they're having a meeting to try to pick a Republican presidential contender, and one of the guys says, yeah, this is the meeting where you don't have to pretend that you like Hamilton, uh, which I thought was really funny. Um, so I have Did, no can I ask you a question. Did you like yeah. Hamilton? Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it was honestly boring garbage. And I don't mean that because of the politics. Like, I just thought it wasn't enjoyable to watch. I wasn't Well, it. I've said before, my big issue is I don't like musicals. So I I just every time I understand that you can say like I'm a cult uh, you know a, a lack of cultured swine here, but every single time that people start to sing in a musical, I just think to myself, nobody would ever sing. Like just give me the story. I like story. I don't like singing story. I guess so, you're not an opera guy either. Oh, I would never go to the opera. Yeah, if I were single, the girl would have to be so incredibly good looking for me to be willing to go to the opera. And my wife, I don't even think would be willing to try to get me to go to the opera because she'd be like, this is just going to be such a battle. He's going to fight it the whole way. Yeah. I'm not an opera guy. I'm not a music guy. I mean, like, if you have, if you have like four hours to kill, the opera is a great way oh. to go. So, but what I thought 
almost immediately was I do I thought it was fine. Like I like the production aspects of Broadway plays. I went and took my kids to go see the new Harry Potter, like Cursed Child. I thought that was pretty good, not a musical, by the way. But if you did a country and western version of the Obama administration, instead of a rap version of Alexander Hamilton, country and western version of the Obama administration, and like Garth Brooks played Barack Obama, people would lose their minds. <laughs> now, I think it would actually be really, really funny to do a country and western version of uh the Obama administration. And I don't know, you could have... uh like who is uh, Taylor Swift play Michelle Obama? I don't know to the extent you want to count her as a country artist. People would lose their mind if white people played Barack and Michelle Obama in a country and Western version of the Obama administration. If that is true, where is the line on historical figures? For instance, like Frederick Douglass, if they made a biopic of Frederick Douglass, and they put Joaquin Phoenix in to play Frederick, <laughs> Frederick Douglass, people would lose their minds. Remember the great, that, the movie's really funny. Tropic Thunder, is it Tropic yes. Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. plays a black guy? I, 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 I was surprised that they were able to do that and there wasn't even more of a pushback, but they were able to do it. It's just, that's a hysterical movie. And Robert Downey Jr. playing the black guy is really, really funny. I'm with you. I think if the standard, certainly for historical figures, I think, you know, use Shakespeare as an example. All races place Shakespeare because it is such a canonical element of Western literature that it has been embraced worldwide. Well, so you have also, Asian I mean, you're also talking versions about of, fictional, of Hamlet. Yeah, that's, know, well, there, but there, there is no, there is no Hamlet really, right? Like, so, right. you know, Hamlet but can be But there are, anyone. you know, like, there are, uh, well, Hamlet version. was from Denmark, so we probably, you know, he, he probably, probably was wasn't, a white guy. He probably but was a white guy. It's such a member of the uh, historical canon that, you know, all throughout Asia, they're doing versions of Hamlet, right? And so Asian actors, everything else. So I think you can go back far enough where it's such a part of the canon. What I don't like is, this is popular now on Netflix, Bridgerton, which is clearly set in, you know, 1700s Jane Austen era, to my knowledge. I haven't ever watched it. England, and people are all of different races. Well, it has a particular historical setting. When you have people who are not of those races suddenly there, it takes me in some way out of the story. I don't think I, I was watching, Denzel as Hannibal is going to take me out of the story. I was I watching because I find Viking history, Vi, the Vikings are fascinating. Um, and, uh, the, you know, they, there's been a big surge in interest in Vikings over the last 10 or 15 years. That show, uh, um, Travis uh, Himmel was in, uh, you know, that, that guy, um, and there have been a few others, uh, last, the last kingdom, which is on Netflix is a phenomenal yeah. series. There've been a number of really, but you know, the, the Vikings, you're going into the eight hundreds, nine hundreds. Um, there was a Netflix, a Viking something or other. I even forget what it was called. It was like Vikings at war or Vikings, you know, bloody fighting or something. I forget what it was called, but, uh, yeah, whatever. But I mean, I'm watching it and like uh, one or two episodes in, one of the Viking kings is a, uh, is cast as a, like a king of basically Denmark in the 800s is a uh, black female. Yeah. And I'm, and, and it's, and it's not that I've like, it's, it's not a problem with it other than I sit here and I say to myself, like, I mean, we're, tr everything else is historically accurate, right. but we're just going to, we're just going to do this. Yeah, they don't suddenly just have somebody driving a car in the Viking series, right? No, like if somebody I mean, suddenly it's, it's was like on a of, motorcycle, 
Yeah, you'd be it's like, about well, that doesn't really authenticity. Fit. Like, yeah. like asking me to suspend some degree of disbelief. I mean, for example, Game of Thrones. There's a lot of diversity they able they were able to work in in Game of Thrones, but it never actually felt forced at all. It felt yeah. like they brought in this character, they brought in that character. There was nothing in Game of Now, that's obviously all a fictional realm, a fictional world, but they were, that was a very diverse show, and they did it very well. I think it's one of the greatest TV shows, actually, you know, of all time, when you really add it all up, even the last two seasons kind of went off a cliff. But, you know, if you're going to, like, if, if you're going to do George Washington's spy ring circa 1776, yes. and then all of a sudden there's a character who is from, like, you know, Tokyo, who shows up, who's just like, hey, guys, like, I'm just, I just happened to be here because we needed some diversity. Like, it, it's a problem. Well, it, it, like, if you were doing a movie on D-Day and Dwight Eisenhower was black, I think people would be like, hey, you know, I, I think that this, you know, like, like, at some point, the historical canon, here's a good way of putting it. What was the movie that just came out about the African queen, like the tribe of oh, fighters oh, or about whatever? The, about the Dahomey. The, yes. The tribe, the African tribe best known for enslaving other Africans, in fact. Yes. yes. The Woman the, the King. Woman King, yes. Okay, and there's a you know star black woman in The Woman King. If you had done The Woman King and it was a white chick, like they put Scarlett Johansson in the role of the... Like, what would the reaction be? I think you all know. Uh, every year, most of us pledge to save more and spend less, but that's hard to do when you're paying inflated prices for everyday essentials like gas and groceries. Now, thanks to a money-back life hack, you can get cash back with Upside. This is an incredible app for anyone out there who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. It'll save you money on the items you buy. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use our promo code Clay and Buck and get an extra 25% cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Then you can get incredible offers. Again, download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Clay and Buck to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas, again, Upside. Once you do, use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. Download Upside today. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening hi i'm michael rapaport and i'm kibi rapaport and together we're hosting rapaport's Rappaport's reality Reality podcast we have a passion for reality tv and we're inviting you into our living room we're talking tea we're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today that is right reality tv is the greatest form of entertainment on television today here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our esteemed president was welcoming the Vegas Golden Knights, that is the NHL champion team, to the White House yesterday. And Joe Biden can't even represent a championship team uh, in the White House without managing to screw up and just say weird things. Here's about a 15-second cut where he randomly starts asking the hockey team not to take away the Philadelphia Eagles. Just one promise. Don't get the Philadelphia Eagles to leave and go. Because <laughs> I'll get divorced if that happens. <laughs> I married a Philly girl, and and it's a long story. I don't know why people are laughing, Buck. Vegas has its own NFL team now, the Vegas uh, Raiders. So I don't know if Joe Biden's not aware of that. Maybe this was supposed to be like a relocation joke, but nobody's trying to get the Philadelphia Eagles to move to Las Vegas. Like, this is really just kind of weird. Biden can't even do normal things now. Uh, to me, just kind of stands out. But does he have to do normal things? Well, this that's the, the scary question. part we started off with. Does it even matter? I'm still not sure it matters. You know, if you have money in the markets with AI stocks, I'd encourage you to listen to some wise words coming your way later today. Just so happens that my dad, Mason Sexton, pays attention to the markets, pays attention to stocks. He's been doing this for decades. And years ago, he established himself with an incredible market call back in the crash of 87, calling it publicly almost to the day. And then, recently, he called the exact bottom of what people call the COVID crash, Last year, he did it again, calling out the exact top of the market. He's been busy this year introducing his first major public prediction in decades. He warned the market would top out in late July, and right on cue, the market peaked. Tonight, he's making another prediction and doing it, focusing on AI stocks. My dad, Mason Sexton, thinks we're entering a six-month make-or-break period. He's sharing details on these insights on AI stocks tonight. Go to thesecondinsight2023.com to sign up for free today. That's the second insight 2023.com paid for by new paradigm research so i mentioned this before um we we've uh, been playing some different audio for you over the last few weeks of people who really tend to get it i mean we've been giving doug murray some high fives for excellent analysis of the uh, israel hamas war for example and and just seeing through a lot of the nonsense, a lot of the uh, absurd things that people are saying to try to create a moral equivalency that is just not, it's not rooted in reality. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's important that we also show when there are people who are aligned with the other side and won't give straight answers and, and will engage in a, 
some kind of prevarication, maybe even a little bit of cowardice when they're pushed. Listen to this. this so Jeremy Corbyn is like the uh, far left, most famous far left politician, I think, in the UK right now. I mean, he is like the, is he a socialist? I don't, I don't follow UK politics that well, but I know he's, and the guy's basically a commie. Uh, I'm trying to pull up his specific designation right now. He's a member of parliament in the UK, leader of the opposition, leader of the Labour Party from 2015 to 2020. So he's he's like the Nancy Pelosi of the United Kingdom, except an even bigger communist. And uh, there you have it. Here is Piers Morgan pushing this guy on. A, this is such a straightforward question. Is Hamas a terrorist group? Play it. Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? Is it possible to have a rational discussion? Are you prepared to call Hamas a terror group? Is it possible to have a rational discussion? You can't, can you? Is it possible? Come on, answer that question. You can't, can you? You answer it. No, it's my show. You answer my question. Are Hamas a a terror group? Listen, can I? Are they a terror group? Piers, can I? Answer the question. Can I speak? Are they a terror group? Piers, no, no. If you let me speak, are they a terror group? If you'll let me speak, I'll say something. Go on then. A ceasefire means both sides. You said that. Are they a terror group? Listen, I said that. Are they that a terror group? Part of the process. Are they a terror and group? And will. Ha- can we? Go Why can't you say it, Piers? Can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think are Hamas most a terror nations group? in the world are calling for a ceasefire? Are Hamas a terror are? group? Come on, answer that. Answer are me. No, you've got it's not many, your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours when you won't answer mine? It is That's a good. it is a yes or no question. And that guy wasn't going to answer it because if he says yes, he knows that the far left labor support. Let me think when you think of labor, think of like, you know, the AOC wing of, of the U.S. I mean, the, the most left wing stuff, uh, in the UK. Clay, he won't answer because he'll make them all angry at him. But if he doesn't say Hamas is a terror group, it's like, Oh, so you're okay with Hamas and what it just did. That's perfect. Uh, Piers Morgan, I mean, even though there's obviously con- conflict is good sometimes because it is enlightening to reveal what people actually believe. And I don't think there's anything that you can point to on the right that would be akin to that. Right. I, I was thinking about this when I watched the clip book. In other words, if I went on a television show, I don't think there's any question I could be asked that is basic like that that we all know is true, that someone on the right wouldn't answer. But I think there are a lot of things that the left knows are untrue that because of their identity politics coalition and how corrupt it is, they won't answer. And I'll give you a good example. There isn't a single person on the left in this country who can explain why it is heroic to change your gender, but it's racist to change your race. They can't answer that. You could sit down with anybody. If Joe Biden would ever come on this show, I don't think Joe Biden could even answer. Joe Biden, you've said many times it is very courageous. Some of the bravest people you know, even Joe Biden, you said are kids who decide that they're a different sex than what they were born. You said that's brave. You said that's courageous. Why, Why would it be racist for them to decide that they're a different race than what they were born? You can ask certain questions that go to the very heart of what the left claims to stand for in America today and around the world in many respects, 
in Western democracies, and they can't speak truthfully. This is this is like at ESPN, Buck. If most people at ESPN won't say that men shouldn't compete against women in athletics. They won't say it. They all know that it shouldn't happen. They won't answer it. And that, to me, is very illuminating. When you get asked a question that is very much the essence of what you believe, and you won't answer it honestly, it's a sign of the failure of the party. And I think what it represents is that identity identity politics destroys everything that it touches because eventually logic corrupts it. And I think that clip is fantastic for that reason. Yes, well and and if you can't if you can't answer the most straightforward questions about a belief that you have that is pa- passionately held, I think it's worth asking why. And then we have I mentioned the AOC wing. Here's AOC uh at a quote rabbis for ceasefire rally. This is 15. Play it. Ceasefire means there is no military solution, only a diplomatic and cultural solution. A relational solution, a reckoning with ourselves and our history. That is what ceasefire now means. No, there's a military solution. You're going to have to kill every member of Hamas that was involved in this attack and every part of the leadership. You either imprison them or kill them or else you're going to get hit again. So she's just wrong. I mean, this. imagine saying, guys, we don't need to get bin Laden and the al-Qaeda senior leadership and we don't need to shut down the training camps. We need a cultural solution. And we should have a ceasefire after 9-11. Not only 9-11. Imagine right after the we got bombed at Pearl Harbor. I almost said the Germans like it was, uh, <laughs> it was a great movie uh, back in the day, Animal House. Uh, after we got bombed at Pearl Harbor by Japan, can you imagine if Franklin Roosevelt had said, uh, you know, instead of today is a day that will live in infamy and announced that we will go to war with uh, Germany and, and Japan and everybody else. What if he had just said, hey, you know, yes, they just blew up all of our Pacific fleet and it was a completely, uh, dastardly, unprecedented attack, but we just have to turn the other cheek. Japan isn't our enemy. Going to war with the Nazis and the uh, imperialist powers in Japan is not going to solve anything. We should just pretend this never happened. I mean, can you imagine where we would be historically? So I don't even think it's just using 9-11. I think anytime you are the victim of an unprovoked attack, you have an obligation, a moral responsibility to respond when evil infringes itself upon the health and safety of your population. I mean, you you think that these Democrat politicians and pundits and and professors in this country... Do you think that they'd be able to look face to face at the families of the 1400, including women, children, the elderly babies who were brutally murdered and say, you know what we really need right now? A ceasefire. You know, I, I think that this is just their posturing for political reasons here, um, out of a combination of a few things. Uh, a lot of them, it's a under the surface anti-Semitism. It's a misunderstanding of this conflict, which is about civilization versus barbarism. It is not about some dispute over land anymore. Um, and, and I think beyond that, uh, they are virtue signaling on the graves of 1400 dead Israelis. 
It's, it's appalling what they're doing, pretending that somehow Israel is not allowed to defend itself. A ceasefire is something that is very short, is very temporary usually. Um, and what they want is actually an immediate cessation of hostilities, effectively a truce. So what they want is after a mass casualty terror attack, a sneak attack, then the fighting stops. I mean, imagine if someone walked up to you in a bar, punched you in the face, knocked out your teeth and broke your nose, and then said, hold on, let's give peace a chance. That's what they want. Think about it, too, from this perspective, Buck. If you're wondering, okay, some people are just, they're peaceniks, right? Quakers. Quakers are going to be pretty consistent. They're going to say, hey, you know what? I don't believe in war. I don't want to be involved. Do you think any of the AOC contingent, Jamal Bowman, uh, all of that universe that is defending Hamas and defending Palestine, do you think if Israel had invaded the Gaza region and kidnapped hundreds of people and murdered intentionally over a thousand people and then the Israeli soldiers had gone back to Israel and Hamas had decided that they wanted to respond, do you think that the AOCs of the world and the Rashida Talibs of the world would say, no, we need an immediate ceasefire, a response is not going to solve anything? The problem they have, Buck, is, and this is what identity politics creates, they can't conceive in their minds of how brown people, because that's how they see it, how the Palestinians could be the bad guy. Yeah, because they bought it's a racial conflict to them entirely. Right. And, and there's white an anti, an anti-white yes. component of the left-wing thinking on this that overrides everything else. That's right. They can't even conceptualize, conceptualize the idea that a minority, a brown person in this situation could have been the aggressor and be evil. They can't yes. conceive of What's it because they is- bought into the idea that whiteness equals evil. And they, they don't understand, all these anti-Semites don't understand that the Jews are Semitic people. Yes. Meaning from the area and have been for a long time. And many of them come from actually what are now Muslim dominated Arab countries because they were kicked out. It is not a country full of guys who are, you know, for, full of people who are all like Jerry Seinfeld. That, that's what yes. they don't understand. Yeah, and by the way, there are a lot of Jews out there that don't understand how they're seen, right? They see themselves as the oppressed, right? The the minority, because historically, no one has been more oppressed probably than the Jewish people throughout the history of humanity. And yet, because many of them are white in appearance, they're the bad guy. And I think there's a lot of Jewish people out there listening to the show right now and certainly a lot of Jews on the left who are saying, hey, we were there for you with Black Lives Matter. We were there for you with trans awareness and LGBTQ and everything else. We thought we were a part of the team, and what you're seeing is the team turned on itself pretty quickly, and there's an awful lot of people who believe the Jews should be eradicated uh, who are otherwise erstwhile members of the Democrat Party identity class. Look, if you've got old family movies on videotape, now's a perfect time to transfer them to digital files with the help of Legacy Box. Why now? Because you have those digital files to share with family and friends over the holidays next week, Thanksgiving, nine days from now. Do you have plans to get together? I bet you do with a lot of friends and family around Christmas, New Year's. What about giving the gift that will last for generations? Digital copies of your family's history. 
You can get early access to Legacy Box Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales price. Right now, you can digitally transfer your tapes for as low as $9 a tape. Single lowest price of the year, 65% off the regular pricing. Don't be the guy that waits until the last minute to get a meaningful gift. I might, confession, have been that guy a lot of the time in my life. That's why I know what I'm talking about. Get hooked up now. Blow away your family by getting a gift before it's even Thanksgiving. No more rushing out on December 23rd or December 24th to grab all your presents. I know a lot of you dudes out there. I know. I know you've done it. I've been there. Get your memories digitized with Legacy Box, and you've got a guaranteed winner come Christmas morning when you take your family and your loved ones down memory lane. Don't worry. Team at Legacy Box in Tennessee works with the best technology and equipment to safely hand transfer every videotape, every old picture you send them, and they'll send all of your originals back along with brand-new digital files, all for just $8 a tape. It's a great deal. Get started today. Go online to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network. IHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We got fights breaking out everywhere, evidently on Capitol Hill today. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Tim Burchett, who is a congressman from Tennessee. He says that Kevin McCarthy, he's one of the eight, I believe, who voted against Kevin McCarthy and removed him from the speakership. He says that Kevin McCarthy walked by and elbowed him in the kidney while he was doing an interview with a, a news media member. This is now started to go viral. We'll find out what the story is there. Also in the Senate, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma challenged a union member to a fight. We'll play that audio for you in the next hour. But in the meantime, yesterday, Vivek Ramaswamy was on the show with us, went after Nikki Haley pretty aggressively. Uh, we have, by the way, extended an offer to Nikki Haley to come on the show, as we always do. Uh, can, can and, I just uh, drop in yes. really quickly here? I have been kind of thinking that Nikki Haley has been ducking this show, so I've been making some jokes to that end. And, and the team finally pointed out to me, randomly, she has been on when I was on Honeymoon and when I was on vacation in Europe with Carrie in Scotland. That is when she has come on. That Maybe there was one other time, but like... She really we had her on three times, but yeah, to your point, when you said I don't, she's been ducking the show. I was like, I think I remember her being on the show several times. So, so I've missed been on two three of the times three. I might have even missed three of the three. I don't remember yeah. talking to her on this show, but Nikki Haley on the show might be the equivalent for you of the fact that Trump gets indicted every time I go on vacation. Like, oh yeah, I, it's so it, funny. It, Clay's uh, like, nothing's gonna happen this Friday, Buck. You've got you got the reins. We'll be fine, right? <laughs> and then I get a text at like. 1.30 p.m. Friday. He's like, oh, I'm on the road. I'm going to call in. Trump's getting indicted. I'm like, I know, I know. Yeah, so and that's happened every – I think I've been out every single time that Trump has been indicted. Just so you know, maybe the Trump team needs to be aware of this too. Thursday, they're doing the Patriot Awards for Fox in Nashville, and I'm going to be doing events all day with them. So I'm out in the event that that happens. But I wanted to play Vivek. Went on Chris Cuomo's show yesterday after he went on with us and really brought the two-by-four to Cuomo as well. Listen. Nikki Haley keeps kicking your ass in these debates. Why According to the left-wing media, someone yeah. else. Chris, give me a freaking break. You turn on social media, you understand. People should watch that debate. I went to New Hampshire. People were laughing at the idea of the mainstream media's coverage of the New York Times columnists and people like you who belong there with one narrative because you have some identity politic vision of what you think a leader of this country Nikki should look like. Haley when in fact is my frozen horse. Country, well, the fact of the matter is you guys are, have made a career out of deciding that the America First agenda is not the future of this country. Kick that out of the Republican Party. Put a genteel version that you can control as your little puppet so you, American politics looks the way you want it to. Whoa. And yeah, then he also people. accused him of covering up his brother. To uh, Cuomo's credit, he said, of course I covered up for my brother. I got to say... Loyalty to family, I, I I can't I can't hate on anybody for that. You stay loyal you stay loyal to your family. No doubt. Um and uh we will talk with Tim Burchett when we come back. Uh and there are several other stories out there too that we're gonna dive into uh during the course of the third hour, including Buck, have you seen this story out of Nashville? It's got me fired up. Another story from my hometown. A Nashville DA let a man free after he shot into a car full of children. Guess what happened? Guy out on the street, fires again, kills an 18-year-old college freshman out for a job. Crazy. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.